often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 481. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox Penthouse once, once again. <laughs> Can't even make it through an intro without stumbling a little bit. Damn it. Ah, so yeah, I guess the last one was a couple of days before Halloween when I recorded. So this is, uh, yeah, I did go to my friend's, uh, Halloween party last weekend, and, uh, that was fun. I mean, it was kind of awkward, because, uh, you know, I hadn't been to a party like that since, like, pre-COVID, and hell, even at that, shit, the last time I was at, like, a Halloween party or anything like that was, uh, I think it was before 2019, it might have been 2018 or so, I don't know, it's been a few years. It's been a while since I've been around a party party like that. That many people, so, you know, it was a little weird, a little weird. It was a good time, though, good time, good time. They got a nice house over there. They got a real nice, real nice house. And Mike and Rachel up the street. And I, it's like, it literally, I mean, I woke, well, I woke, I walked. <laughs> uh, I just took a nap. I think that's why my brain's a little fried. Uh, but, yeah, I walked like a couple of blocks to get there. They really live like right up the street as I was dressed from head to toe like Jason Voorhees after, of course, watching Friday 13th Part 4 before going up there last week. I think during the show I was talking about Part 6, Jason Lives. Well, I made sure to get some of Part 4 in there as well as uh, with the the Feldman, is the more Jarvis. And again, hopefully we do see a return of Tommy Jarvis in the future of Friday the 13th, that would be fantastic, because I think Jarvis deserves more time. I don't know if I, I don't know how well Feldman would do, but uh, it'd be good to see, have more Jarvis. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't uh, do anything Halloween day. I was kind of tired, ran a bunch, uh, you know, did my normal stuff, but I didn't do anything Halloween-related per se, other than, I guess, finish watching Friday the 13th Part 4 and I watched another film that was on Netflix. I believe it's called The Forest, and it's about uh, Japan's suicide forest. If you're unfamiliar with it, it uh, there is a large forest um, in Japan, obviously, where uh, a lot of people... Uh, tend to go to uh, off themselves. And uh, there was a YouTuber, uh, was it Logan Paul, I guess? Well, this is a, uh, don't want to actually play the video. That's uh do-do-do. Yeah, Logan Paul went there and f- I guess found a dead body and uh, got into a little bit of trouble over that as he did it on a video on YouTube. As he's, I, shit, he's wearing... <laughs> He's got, like, this fuzzy thing on his head. At first uh, glance, a small thumbnail, I thought it was perhaps Yoda on his head, but no, it's just some kind of caricature thing. Uh, I guess he got in Japan on top of his head. He looks, you know, 
goofy as all hell, but uh, yeah, not the greatest idea to go there and watch and see somebody like uh, <laughs> hung and uh, go on YouTube. But yeah, apparently there's a uh, oh man, I'm gonna totally butcher the actual name of this fucking forest. But uh, I Aokigahara, Aokigahara, something like it's something to that nature. Uh. But it's, uh, according to Wikipedia here, it's uh, also known as the Sea of Trees. It's a forest in the northwestern flank of Mount Fuji, which uh, I guess that's probably most famous, I guess, like mountain there in uh, in Japan. I know when I see Mount, uh, when I think of mountains, I think of Mount Fuji in Japan. I've seen a lot of pictures of that on, on Instagram and such. And in general, I mean, it looks like an awesome place. I'd love to go to Mount Fuji. I don't know that I'll go to the suicide forest while I'm there, but uh, I don't particularly want to go find a dead body. Though, if you want to watch a funny show, side note, and you happen to have YouTube Premium, go on there and watch Rob Hubel's fantastic show, Do You Want to See a Dead Body? I think it actually started on as a sketch on Funny or Die, but they've got a season or two. I don't think they make it anymore, but on, uh, <laughs> I've talked about it years ago on the podcast, but holy fuck, do you want to see a dead body? He usually has like one, I think sometimes there's two guests like on the show and they'll, it's a, it's every episode's like stand by me. They go and find a dead body, but, uh, they did not go to the suicide force in Japan as uh, back to that. Of course, it's, that forest is in the uh, northwestern flank of Mount Fuji on the island of Honshu in Japan, thriving on 30 square kilometers of hardened lava laid down by the last major eruption of Mount Fuji in 864 CE. Uh, yeah, I don't, we don't really need to know the more specific area of where it's at, but uh, uh, the forest has a historical reputation as a home to and I'm going to mispronounce this, Yuri, uh, I guess that's how you pronounce that. They talked about it in the movie. But uh, Ghosts of the Dead in Japanese mythology. At least since the 1960s, Ikogihara uh, has become associated with suicide, eventually becoming known in English by the name Suicide Force and gaining a reputation as one of the world's most used suicide sites because of the signs of at the head of some trails are urge suicidal visitors to think of their families and contact a suicide prevention association. Um, but yeah, there's this big forest, very large forest. People go uh, off themselves. Uh, oh, there's more than one film that takes place in there. I uh, there was a 2017 film just called The Forest. That was in there, and, uh, shit, her name eludes me, but, uh, <clears throat> from Game of, a uh, woman from Game of Thrones, the actress from that is in it, and holy shit, I'm gonna have to <laughs> IMDB it, because I don't remember her fucking name, damn it, uh, the movie's okay, I mean, it's not, I don't even know if I'd call it a horror movie. Per se, Natalie Dormer, that's her name. Um, she, uh, yeah, was in Game of Thrones. That's, I'm sure she's been in other things, but that's what I really know her from. And, uh, she plays, uh, 
a twin in the movie, and her twin, I guess, had been living in Japan and uh, went missing in the forest. She goes hiking in the forest. She goes missing. The other twin feels it in the States, and she goes to Japan to look for her in the forest. And everybody's like, don't bother looking. She's dead. That's what all the Japanese people are telling her. And, uh, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Maybe. But uh, apparently that's not the only film filmed in Ikogihara. <laughs> and uh, there's shit. There's been has been referred to in several media, including anime, manga films, literature, music, and video games. Uh, see, the 2015 film, The Sea of Trees, uh, featured with M- Matthew McConaughey, Ken Watanbe, and Naomi Watts, also tells the story happening there. Okay, and then it says, as does the 2016 horror film, The Forest. So I'm I'm not familiar with The Sea of Trees. Uh, you know, the artwork looks familiar. That's a drama, though. Uh, it's a mystery film directed by Gus Van Zandt. Huh, might be pretty good. Might be pretty good. Uh, as far as I recall, though, I didn't see it. But that was my Halloween spirit. It was just the forest is uh, talking to her and such in it and telling her to do bad things, you know. And it like killing herself and shit while she's looking for her twin. The uh, I don't remember the characters' names. <laughs> I think Sarah was one of them. I think that was the twin that was originally lost in there. And then I don't remember the the other twin's name. But they're played by the same actress, so you know it's Natalie Dormer. <laughs> uh, I did not, however, like pass out uh, Halloween candy. I'm thinking maybe kids probably don't go down this street. It's kind of an odd street. And you can't really tell whether or not the lights are on on these townhouses unless you're, like, right there. Like, you go pretty much up to the door where the lights are. So I don't know that the kids really would come down here. So I don't know if there would have been a whole lot of sense of me passing out candy. <laughs> I feel like there probably wouldn't have been too many kids coming down this road. But, I mean, we are right here. In the penthouse is situated in the middle of town, so... You know, it's definitely Fifth Street's like, I mean, I'm my street connects with Fifth Street, which is like one of the main streets in town, so there's a lot of foot, foot traffic on Fifth. I don't know, so, but uh, it, it was all right, though. I had a good time. A good time at the, the party was fun and all that, but, uh, but that was that. And uh, I guess the uh, big news this week is uh, Call of Duty Vanguard has finally arrived as of November 5th. It became live, the full version, to the public, with the anti-cheat, and uh, I can't say that uh, I played it for quite a while last night, and I don't think I really noticed an abundance of cheaters. Um, I, I haven't... I've been nervous to uh, look to see if there's been cheaters on... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I was afraid of this. I <laughs> yeah, this is from yesterday. This is, There's stories already about hackers. Already. Fuckers. Uh, yeah, I knew that just wasn't going to be great. 
There's all kinds of articles here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but yeah, the the game's awesome. By the way, before I get into, I guess this cheating shit. Uh, the game is looks beautiful. I mean, I love my favorite Call of Duty all time. It's Call of Duty World of War. I was always a history nut as far as World War II came. Uh, when it comes to World War II, maybe it's because of the fact that like I was around when like History Channel first started up, and holy fuck, you know, I don't, know, I haven't watched the History Channel in a long time, but it seemed like that was most of the programs on the History Channel, and you knew that uh, it was the Nazis by the music or World War II, because they like every time they would talk about Nazis, they would have the same fucking music. <laughs> Be like, ooh, World War II shit. All right, gotta check it out. But I, when I had cable back in the day, I mean, History Channel was, uh, <laughs> it was a big food group for me as far as uh, consuming products were. And uh, I've always, you know, if, if there's books or something, you know, anything World War II related, movies, books, you name it, I'm just uh, an interest to it. Mostly the European theater but uh you know the pacific theaters are, i mean there's just so much going on in world war ii and shit like the manhattan project but uh the world at war so i mean when that came out i it was fucking thought it was just awesome and uh <laughs> love the bouncing bettys the m1 grand you know all the guns and such from that era and just uh the, the look of it the uh the attire that uh the people have there's just something to it. And uh, so with the uh, Vanguard, they've got several stages already from launch that are stages that were from World of War. But holy fuck, they look so much better. And it's just, just beautiful looking. Um, fortunately, it looks like cheaters are going to ruin everything again. Uh, but And I like the fact that there's so many walls and doors that you can uh, open or just, like, destroy with a gun explosion or just hit them. And so you can kind of really sneak up on people that way. And, uh, well, yeah, those uh, World of War ones are fantastic. Like, the dome and the castle, I thought, looked really great. Those both were, of course, World of War uh, stages. But, man, shit, I'm already seeing here. Let's see. On Gaming Intel, which I'm not familiar with Gaming Intel. Uh, the Let's look at the most recent one here. This is on Dexerto. Uh, no, let's, uh, let's go to Gaming Intel here. Uh, Cod Vanguard has cheaters already. When does Ricochet arrive? I thought it uh, arrived immediately. Um Call of Duty, uh, this one's written by uh, Maxwell Jeffrey. It says, Call of Duty Vanguard's finally here, but the game's multiplayer has cheaters already ahead of Ricochet's integration. Oh, so I guess it doesn't. the integration doesn't happen until the uh, they release the map for uh, Warzone, I guess? See, yesterday, of course, was the launch uh, of a new Call of Duty title. It seems like the script is flipping on Vanguard. Gone are the days when fans were labeling the World War II shooter as a disaster. Now players are enjoying the game's multiplayer mode, complete with an incredible number of maps at launch. It does seem there's a fuck ton of maps. They are huge, by the way. Fucking big-ass maps. 
one thing that is disappointing fans is the terrible new Vanguard Zombies mode, which I have not done, so I can't really comment on. Uh, with Treyarch at the helm, once again, it seems like the developer didn't have enough time to work on the undead survival experience after Cold War. Now, equally disappointing fans, it appears that cheaters are already present in Vanguard multiplayer ahead of the arrival of uh, Ricochet. Cheaters in Vanguard multiplayer. It wasn't 24 hours before we began to see cheaters appear in Vanguard multiplayer. It seems that malicious players already know their way around the Modern Warfare engine. In the uh, COD Vanguard subreddit, fans discuss the cheating situation. It appears that the usual cheating tools such as aimbot, Wall hacks and more will be making an appearance in Vanguard for now. The clip low, we see one player get beamed from long range after a cheater snaps onto their head with a namebot. From our own personal experience, we can even vouch for one user with the ban me tag letting their aimbot run wild on the new Blitz mode. Um, speaking of bans, it looks like some users are actually getting permanent Vanguard bans for just playing zombies. We wish anti-cheat would be half as strict when it comes to banning actual cheaters. But where's Vanguard's powerful new Ricochet anti-cheats in all of this? Please tell me. Uh, Vanguard Ricochet release date. You'll be unhappy to learn that the Ricochet is currently act to learn that Ricochet is currently active in Vanguard, at least partly. Activision announced that Ricochet server-side updates in Vanguard are live from November 5th, but the PC kernel-level driver won't be arriving until a later, currently unknown date. In the meantime, December 2nd is the date that Vanguard integration arrives in Warzone, both server-side and kernel level, and it seems that Warzone hackers are on the rise in anticipation for this date. Till then, we will have to deal with an insane amount of cheaters in Call of Duty uh, as normal. On top of that, there's a huge packet burst issue affecting Vanguard players. Here's how to fix it. Yeah, I don't need to get into that. Uh, I didn't really run into cheaters, I, I believe. I don't know. I was doing all right yesterday. I was not as good. I am not as good on Vanguard so far as I was Cold War. Out of the gate from the... I played the Alpha and the Beta on Cold War, and I was fucking tearing it up early on on that game. Of course, I had a scuff controller that worked then. Now I just use the keyboard and mouse, but still. I can... Do pretty solid on Cold War. I'm, you know, I've got a positive KDR on Vanguard, but it's not, it's not great. It's like a 1.2 something. It gets a little crazy with the uh, amount of attachments you can put on guns. I'm not quite used to it just yet. There's like a, there's a lot of stuff that's just different in this one. And uh, there's a bit of a learning curve for me. I did do uh, kind of like at the end, you can uh, vote on an MVP for the match. Uh, they give you three choices to choose from. They'll give you one that's like uh, mo most eliminations, most multi-kills, multi or like most explosive kills. And then like one, that, I don't get this one, one that spent the, clo the most time closest to teammates. I don't know how you award that, but all right. <laughs> They'll get use that as a choice to pick the MVP, but uh, somehow that's in there. I get the multi-kills and most eliminations, and I guess the one's like, hey, he helps his teammates. <laughs> Assist seems like it should be more of a thing. 
But assist nowadays they just count as a kill, which has probably helped out me out, helped me out a lot. I'd probably have a negative KDR uh, in regular modes if it wasn't for the assist counting as kills. That would be pretty bad. I mean, a 1.24 kill death ratio. That's already that's already close to the line. I mean, you take out assists out of there, and I'm probably not doing great. <laughs> probably not. I don't know. I, I'm. I can hold my own at times on Call of Duty. I did get the most kills I got so far on Vanguard was like 35 in a team deathmatch game. And I think it was a larger uh, map because you can uh, can do the classic six on six, but then there's larger ones where there's a lot more people. I don't know what it maxes out at. But I think this is one of the larger maps. There's a lot more people. Uh... But I was doing hot. I was doing uh, doing pretty good that match. I tied for most eliminations in that one for uh, out of all the players. And uh, they gave it to another person. Actually, they gave him <laughs> most eliminations, even though we tied. And I think I had less deaths. But fuck him anyway. <laughs> in my heart, I won. I guess. I guess had I known we were that close, maybe I would have tried a little bit harder in the match to get like one more kill. And uh, I did get uh, dogs, I think, that map, which I was pretty stoked to get dogs, but then uh, they didn't do shit for me once I let the dogs out. And yes, that's right. I let the dogs out. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case you're wondering who let the dogs out. I did. I let the dogs out. (laughs) Uh Unfortunately, though, whenever I'm playing against people that have dogs, it doesn't go so well. It takes a while to kill those fuckers. Those dogs are, are, uh, I mean, I I feel kind of bad anyway trying to kill a dog. Not really on the game, but I wouldn't want to kill a dog in real life. Uh, (laughs) But uh, they're kind of a bitch. I don't remember, like, in World of War, them being that difficult. The The difficult part was there were just so many of them. Uh... And if you're trying to fight a dog, then uh, the enemies nearby, they could just take you out real easily while you're dealing with this fucking dog. It does seem right now, though, those dogs are pretty damn strong. And another thing they have, instead of the uh, RCXD, that is the remote control bomb car, I think this is pretty cool. I don't like using it, per se. I've only used it a few times. It's called the Goliath. And it is a remote-controlled tank. Very small tank. And holy shit, I hope they nerfed this one a little bit. Last night, I managed to hit it with two grenades, <laughs> a concussion grenade on top of that, and a full clip from my uh, MP40, and I did not destroy the thing. It smoked up a bit. But holy shit, it still it still got me. I tried to take it out. There just doesn't seem to be any great way. The best... Uh, I think way is just run away, <laughs> run far, far away. Let it run out, run out of juice. There's got to be some uh, easier way to destroy those things. Thankfully, it doesn't seem that a lot of people are using it. I know I had that problem during the uh, beta when I was using it that uh, <laughs> I came up to a staircase. That was a mistake. Driving it, uh, I don't remember if it was up or down. Either way, it was not wanting to. Uh, Help me on the stairs. 
that was that was a big mistake. It is really cool too now that uh, there is the Eagles Nest stage because I was at the Eagles Nest when I went to Germany back in 2018, and that's got to be the first time in Call of Duty or fuck really any video game I think that I've played where I was like, holy shit, I've been here in real life. This is a uh, this is weird, and I can tell like they did a really good job. This is just like the fucking Eagles Nest, or uh, I believe it's Kelstein. Is what the Germans call it? I think that's Kelstein, if I remember. And that's uh, in in history, of course. Uh, that would be Hitler's retreat that was up in the German Alps. Uh, and that was uh, basically that it, the name became the Eagle's Nest whenever... Uh, the allies landed there. Uh, I don't recall why they called it the Eagle's nest, I guess. Cause the, you know, Nazis use Eagles for a lot of shit. And that's, uh, it's on top of the, uh, German Alps, right? Right about where the, uh, German Austrian border is. Cause you can actually climb up on the mountains around it. And then they have a Austrian flag painted on one of the rocks. And you know, when you cross that you're in Austria, which is pretty cool. But uh, Kelstein House, I guess, is what the Germans call it. Um, it's located in Berchtesgaden, there in uh, Deutschland. Uh, but, oh man, it's a great area. And just, you want to do some hiking and shit, it's pretty cool. The The house itself, I don't think is very, all that interesting. I believe a lot of it had to be remade because it was destroyed a lot. I think they bombed it. I could be wrong on that. I know that there was uh, some destruction. Hitler himself was only there like 14 times or something of that nature. Uh, but it, it's <clears throat> it's just really cool going up there. The best part about going up there is you have this panoramic view of the mountains. You have mountains all around you, like wherever you turn. And that... Uh, when I was up there, of course, the first thing I did, I did like a little spin with my phone as I recorded it. Got some uh, German uh, oompa music in the background. And, uh, yeah, that was, I believe, some a lot of stuff, I guess, is original in there. Uh, there's a uh, fireplace that I think, I re- if I recall, the tour guide said that was original and that was given to Hitler from Mussolini. Um but I think parts of it had to be remade through from damages from the war. There's a massive uh, elevator that you get in that's like golden elevator to ride to the top. And then to get down, we just walked. But uh, I imagine you probably take the elevator down too, but <clears throat> I mean, just w- looking around the mountains is really cool. Hitler apparently didn't care for it, so you can feel good in enjoying that, <laughs> as he didn't really want to be there much. He preferred his uh, wolf's lair bunker, and I believe uh, they had that set up in Poland. If I remember correctly. I recently uh, saw something about about that, the location of that, and uh, I've been watching, of course... 
getting ready for Vanguard. I got to watch all kinds of World War II shit, you know. Uh, so there was a. Uh, see, I'm trying to think of some of these YouTube channels that are pretty good. Uh, today I found out that's a good one. He sometimes has some World War II shit. The British guy. I don't know his name. But uh, there's a. Uh, I want to say like shit. I'm trying to remember. There's like Michael something. Productions, Dark, there's a lot of, uh, see, what was the one I watched? Dark 5, there's like a lot of ones in it with Dark in the title that are related to each other. Dark 5 is pretty good. They got good stuff. Dark Docs, um, but I'm, oh, I just, fuck, just look up World War Two on YouTube. You want to find out, like, interesting shit. Like, I had watched one earlier, actually, the soldier's name eludes me. Um, but, uh, pull out the video here. There was a Nazi, well, there's a Finnish guy. No, I'm not playing your ads. Uh, I'm trying to look at the, Larry Thorne. There was, uh, a Finnish guy that had actually fought in the Finnish military against the Soviets, like pre-World War II that would go on to fight for the Nazis again, once again against the Soviets and then went on to fight for the United States. Not only did he fight for the Nazis, he was in the fucking SS. And uh, then he actually fought for the U.S. in the, I believe, the Marine Corps and uh, is buried in, uh, in, yeah, in the United States, in Arlington Cemetery. Uh, it's like this description. This is on the uh, Dark Docs uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, Larry Thorne. It said, when Larry Thorne enlisted in the United States Army as a private in 1954, he was already a controversial war hero in two other countries. Uh, Larry's real name was Lori Torney? I'm not sure how you pronounce that in Finnish because there's like the umlauts over the O. I don't know if they, you know, in Germany that's pronounced a little bit differently when they have the umlauts, but I don't know. I don't know anything about Finnish, really, language. Uh, He was actually born in Finland for most of his adult life. He had been fighting against the Soviets both as part of the Finnish army and the Waffen-SS during World War II. To this date, Lori Torney remains the only former member the Nazi army to be buried in Arlington Cemetery, the most hallowed of American burial grounds. But, uh, it was an interesting doc, and if you, I would definitely check that one out. It's uh, it was interesting to find that out. I know there was one too. Maybe I talked about this last week. I had uh, seen one where there's this British guy, or no, I'm sorry, he was Canadian, Canadian that. Uh, Went on in World War Two and like uh, lost an eye, I think, and uh, went through several injuries, and just kept continuing to fight. I believe he even fought in the Korean conflict. Yeah, he fought in the Korean conflict as well, and he uh, managed to get single-handedly get like hundreds, I think, of uh, Germans to surrender like one town, and do like just some craziest stuff, and. Uh, I don't, uh, he was, uh, man, shit. 
can't type. Uh, I, is this it? I think this is probably it. Tom, Tommy Prince. Holy shit. Is that the guy? Not sure if that. No, I don't think this is him. I don't know if this is him, but there's a. There's a fella. Um, <clears throat> I think this is probably him. Uh, that might be him, but the, holy shit, that story was fucking insane. Like, uh, <clears throat> I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like, uh, there should be, oh no, 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 Tommy Prince wasn't it. <laughs> Leo Major, I think, I think that's wh- who I, uh, see here. Yeah, here we go, this is, uh. On Britannica.com. Leo Major. Uh, was a decorated Canadian hero of World War II and the Korean War. Known for being the only Canadian to win the Distinguished Conduct Medal in two separate wars. Major was born to French-Canadian parents while his father was working for the American Railroad Company in the U.S. But moved with his family back to Montreal where uh, when he was very young. Major enlisted the Canadian... Uh, Army when he was 19 years old and was sent overseas in 41. He was amongst Canadian forces that landed on the beaches of Normandy invasion on uh, June 6th of 44. That same day, he was instrumental in capturing a German Hanomag half-track. A couple of days later, he was injured by a phosphorus grenade while fighting a group of German SS soldiers, and he lost partial vision in his left eye. He refused to be evacuated back to England because he needed only his right eye to sight a rifle. And uh, later that year, oh, it was uh, Infographics is where I watched the story, and this guy, it was a pretty good vid. Uh, later that year at the Battle of the Scheldt, Major was sent to retrieve a patrol of fresh recruits who had failed to return to base. As he was out, Major captured 93 German soldiers on his own he was supposed to receive the Distinguished Conduct Medal for his action and award second only to the Victoria Cross for gallantry in action, but he allegedly refused on the grounds that he considered Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery too incompetent to even hand out medals. Shortly thereafter, he was caught in an exploding mine and broke his back, but again refused evacuation and eventually recovered. Major did accept the Distinguished Conduct Medal after he single-handedly liberated the Dutch town of Zwolle by tricking the local German garrison into believing that there was a much larger Canadian force attacking the town and lit the SS headquarters on fire. And, like, it was hit, well, actually single-handedly sort of true. He was there that on that time. He was actually there with a friend. And uh, his friend was killed. Friend or... Colleague, I don't know what you want to look at it, but uh, his uh, and then he like went apparently, I guess, went off after his friend <laughs> was killed and like uh, took f- took it over, something of that nature. I mean, I wasn't there, but <laughs> uh, Leo Major, holy shit! Uh, after World War II, he settled into civilian life as a pipe fitter, but he volunteered for service in the Korean War in 1950. Uh, November of 51, he was tasked to recapture Hill 355, which had been taken from American troops by the Chinese armor take, army. Uh, taking a group of about 20 other snipers and scouts, Major and his men infiltrated the Chinese camps and commenced firing, scattering the Chinese army, 
For three days, they held the hill against counterattacks, sometimes calling down supporting artillery fire so close to their position that their commanding officer could hear the bombs exploding through the walkie-talkie. Major was awarded a bar to his Distinguished Conduct Medal for this action. After his career, uh, major, military career, Major returned many times to the town of Svol, uh, establishing close ties with the townsfolk and having a road named after him. He is buried at the Blast Post Fund National Field of Honor in Pointe Claire, Quebec. But yeah, that dude, this this doesn't even give justice from the stuff that I was seeing like in videos about him. Like Leo Major, holy shit! If that dude like was in Call of Duty and doing the shit like apparently he did in real life, I'm sure everybody would think he was cheating. Ricochet couldn't stop that shit. Ricochet can't stop Leo Major. Holy fuck, shit! That shit was pretty crazy. You know what? I should have done. I didn't think about it till now, but I should have gone out and watched. Inglorious Bastards before playing Vanguard. I feel like that could have gotten me a little uh, into the uh, spirit of things. I haven't tried the campaign yet, but I would love it if they went <laughs> a little non-historical and threw in a mission that was very, you know, Inglorious Bastards, where you uh, put a whole clip from an MP40 inside Adolf Hitler's head. That would be fantastic. Fantastic. All the way. <laughs> I still remember going to see that in the theater and thinking like, holy shit, I think that and like as it was getting closer to the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Glorious Bastards, that is the Tarantino uh, film. There is an older film called Inglorious Bastards, a much different movie. I've not actually, re- well, I might have seen it, but would have been a long, long time ago. Um, I understand not, not the same plot. <laughs> uh it is a World War II movie, but uh, as I was watching the Tarantino one in the theater, I remember very clearly thinking, like, as the movie progresses, because I just assumed up until that point, like, Tarantino movies, for the most part, I mean, there's there's some of them where this doesn't quite happen, but a lot of Tarantino movies, just pretty much everybody ends up dying in the end. You might have, like, one or two people that, like, makes it out. And knowing the history of World War II, I had assumed this was going to go bad for the bastards that were there to kill the Nazi high command and Hitler himself. I was like, you know, this is... <laughs> like, they're not going to kill Hitler. I, I did not go into it thinking that. And thankfully, I saw it like when it first got out. And I, I didn't get it spoiled for me. So I had no clue going in to watch it that this is what, how it was going to end. And I was just as a progressive, like, holy shit, I think they're I think they're actually gonna kill Hitler. And there were some very uh strong feelings of satisfaction, as I recall, uh, that I had whenever they got to kill Hitler. And I was like, Holy shit, this is how this is how you make a fucking World War Two movie. <laughs> like, this is fantastic. This is of course back when it was okay to kill Nazis in movies and video games before uh, Nazis were would get offended by it, you know, because back then it was cool to not like Nazis, as opposed to now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, holy shit, that was a fantastic scene. That I love that movie. We just fucking say bingo. That's a bingo. <laughs> Christoph Waltz is so good in that film. So good, and I had no idea who Christoph Waltz was before that film. That was. 
Quite the treat. Thank you, Quentin, for that one. That was that was good stuff. I'm not thanking Harvey Weinstein for that. He can still go fuck himself in the in a jail cell. Which is interesting. I just saw an uh, article today about him fucking over Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting. Because at the time of Goodwill Hunting, Affleck and Damon weren't like big stars. That really helped put him on the map. And uh, Kevin Smith was, uh, I guess, producer on Goodwill Hunting because he was good friends with, I know, Ben. Because uh, he w- worked on films such as, uh, I guess, Mallrats would have been Ben Affleck's first Kevin Smith movie. And then he did uh, Chasing Amy with him as well. And he's been in several Kevin Smith movies. Anyway, Kevin Smith, I guess, worked as a producer on Goodwill Hunting. And the the way they were able to sell, you know, to an audience, Goodwill Hunting, is Robin Williams was in it. At the time, he was a huge, huge movie star. Everybody fucking loved Robin Williams. And uh, <clears throat> they had a deal with Robin Williams that at the back end, he was going to get a lot of money. And if it made, like, ugh. Hundred million, over a hundred million dollars. That box office. He was gonna get a lot more money. Like uh, in the article, Kevin Smith wasn't sure exactly how much money. But what happened was Harvey Weinstein decided to pull the thing out of the theater when it was still going strong, selling. You know, people were watching this left and right. It was it was a huge movie. He pulled it out of the theater just so Robin Williams would get screwed out of the money. Because apparently once it went to video, it didn't matter how many people watched it because he wasn't getting as much money out of the video sales. just mattered on the uh, theater sell- sales. Like, uh, of the things Harvey Weinstein did, though, I'm thinking that's probably, you know, not the worst. <laughs> probably the rape would probably be pretty high up there. All the rape. There's apparently a lot of rape. Um... But he also screwed over Robin Williams. And so I would imagine Robin Williams was not a fan. Probably not a fan before. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that Robin Williams knew him real close. But uh, I would hope he wasn't a friend. But I know Robin Williams is a friend with Lance Armstrong. and He's kind of douchey. Although, to be fair, I'm pretty sh- I I don't know of any incidents where Lance Armstrong raped anybody. There's a big difference between doping... And rape. So, you know, two completely different things. Lance Armstrong's a douchebag, but uh, I don't know they've raped anybody. Anyway. <laughs> oh, there was other things I had planned to talk about tonight, but I've been a little distracted because I'm just thinking about wanting to hit up some more Vanguard and uh, do some old multiplayer on there. I was going to give it a go last night... Uh, Streaming live on YouTube on my Clover Strife YouTube channel. Uh, but uh, I've, I've got the one video up where I talk about the Russia story shitting the bed. It's a shitty video. I feel like I should fucking redo that one. But it's the only video I have on there. I think I've got like 25 views. And I think I know all the people that clicked on that. <laughs> or the, at least they're friends of people that I know. I mean, the video, I mean, it's a, uh, the quality of it. So shitty. Um, but, uh, I was going to stream 
some me playing the game last night, and I figure I probably wouldn't have gotten really anybody watching, but I was just like, ah, fuck it, why not? Let's fucking stream on YouTube. And then, uh, which I could have just gone over to Twitch. I have a Twitch account set up. I could have streamed from Twitch, but uh, I don't know. I'm not real fond of Twitch, uh, the way they conduct their business. Uh, I do watch some Dr. Disrespect, and uh, supposedly they had a, a legit beef of why they, they fi- uh, got rid of him. But uh, I don't know if fired is the right term, but banned him. Yeah, they permanent banned him. Permanent banned him, but uh, they never released any reason for it. And But not just him. And they, got, they do this. They ban people for silly reasons, it seems, a lot. And then they do, they'll do it to one person. Like they, they usually say it's a TOS, the terms of service, that you violate that. They'll find some reason usually to ban you for that. But they won't do it evenly across the board. They'll have other people that violate the shit all the time. Uh, like Which I would consider to be like worse offenses. And then nothing happens to them, but then they'll uh, fucking come down hard on other people. They, they, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not real fond of how they run things. Maybe it's also because it's owned by Jeff Bezos as well. And I'm just not a Bezos fan. Not a Bezos fan. It's the, the Lex Luthor thing, you know? He's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of cool that he sent Captain Kirk into space, but then it, you know, he sent him into space into a, in a giant dick. That rocket is the most phallic rocket I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it is, it looks more like a dick than the one in Austin Powers. Come on, Bezos. What the fuck? I realize you're going through a major midlife crisis and you got to prove your manhood and all, but really? You're going to fly to space in a big dick. <laughs> like somebody had, I realized, that, I mean, he's got so much money that the people under him probably tell him no, like never. They never say no to the guy. So I don't know that anybody's like, you know, you know Jeff, I don't know... Uh, that does look a lot like a dick. You know, maybe we should take the vein off the top, you know? Does it need the vein or the cum- pre-cum shooting out the top? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, he just thought it was a great idea. I mean, I, I don't think he designed the rocket, but, you know, you know, I feel like maybe maybe he did. Maybe there was a meeting for uh, <laughs> the, the rocket where he just, uh, was it Blue Origin, whatever the fuck is, rocket his space program's called. I don't know. But I feel like he walked in. He's like, I have the design. Unzips his pants, just drops it down. Like, there it is. There's your rocket. I want it. I want that. I want to fly to space in that. Copy my cock. Make it into a rocket. Shoot me into space in it. People will never... Suspect that I don't have that I have a small cock after that. They will think I am the most manliest man ever. Who needs Viagra when you can fly to space inside a cock? This man is forever. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong though. Maybe he had no. <laughs> No insight whatsoever into designing the rocket. And then maybe it was the underlings that were just like, you know, it would be really funny. We really tried our best to make this look like a cock. Maybe it was like a Disney situation 
like when they did uh, The Little Mermaid. Um, when they had the initial release on VHS of The Little Mermaid, they had, I guess maybe it was the original poster art for the movie, I'm not sure, but I know that the original VHS, the box that it was in, it had artwork of this castle on it, and inside the castle, there was a dick hidden in there. Uh, I, I'm i going to pull it up here. This, I mean, it was very clearly, my aunt, Laura, had shown me... <laughs> I remember she had it, and when she found out, she was like, here, look, and show me. And, and uh, I don't know, I was a teenager at the time. Uh, uh, there's got to be something. Okay. I'm. Uh, oh, yeah, that is very much a dick. There's like this <laughs> castle thing. And uh, I'm sure it's not in the artwork now. Oh, holy shit, there's another Disney one where it's very clearly a dick. Uh. <laughs> wow. That one looks like it might have been accidental, but it's still looking like a dick. There's one of Mickey and Minnie here where Minnie's body is, it looks like a dick. I mean, holy shit, that looks like a dick. That uh that doesn't seem accidental. Um yeah, you can buy the actually rare there's oh man, on Etsy there's one that sold for two hundred and forty four dollars. The copy had the penis in it. Like holy shit, that uh that's so good. Like <laughs> uh looking at this artwork here. It is I mean, it is like right. If you look, if you happen to have a VHS copy of The Little Mermaid, and you look at it, you got Ariel and the uh, I don't know the whatever the prince, the token prince here is. I don't recall his name, but you have the castle above them, and then uh, was it? I don't know her father, I guess, with the trident, and then the evil villain, queen, whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> Apparently it's been a while since I watched The Little Mermaid. But like, okay, you got Ariel and the, I guess he's a prince. Right in between those two. If you go dead center in between those two and then up into the castle, I mean right in the middle of that fucking castle, there is clearly a dick. <laughs> Very clearly. It's a nice looking dick. I mean, it's it's a nice looking schlong there. You don't get balls, but is cl- clearly the shaft and the head. But it could have been a situation like that where uh, Bezos's team was like, you know what? He's a fucking dick. Let's send him up to space in a dick. <laughs> I'm gonna venture to guess it was a you know a fuck you to Disney that whoever did this. There's here's an article here on it about it. Inquire.net. Um, Phallic symbol in the Little Mermaid artwork was approved by execs, Disney Artist Says. So article from February 19th of 2019. And it says, 90s kids may have been too young to notice it, but their Little Mermaid VHS cover might have had imagery that was not G-rated. And it did. Oh, it did. Rumors have circulated that a penis-like spire on the castle found in the movie's VHS cover art and promotional posters 
were made by an artist out of uh, resentment or because he was about to be fired. Fact-checking website Snopes claimed that it was able to speak to the artist, who was not named. He reportedly said that the artwork was rushed at uh, 4 in the morning and drawing the phallic symbol was an accident. I highly doubt that. Last February 14th, Disney artist Dave Woodman, who worked on the animation for The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, shared the truth behind the art on Instagram. He credited animator and producer Stephen Wirth for the story, who worked in uh, Bagdasarian Productions with the artist who was identified as Ron Dias. According to Wirth, Dias told him that he was commissioned to do the artwork at the last minute and that he had to work over the weekend to finish on time. He was kind of punchy from lack of sleep towards the end and decided he'd put a little joke in it for himself. Okay, if you know what I mean, said Worth. When Dias looked at it on Monday, he realized that his inside joke was not subtle at all. However, he had no time to revise it with the 10 a.m. meeting with Disney. Dias, probably feeling guilty about tarnishing a children's movie, pointed out the spire to his contact who worked in production and said he would revise it for free. He was told that executives would go over it in the same afternoon and he would be advised for revisions. After a week, Dias followed up on revisions since he was worried about his goof. The production person said the cover had been approved even after she told them about the penis-shaped tower. Really? Ron shrugged his shoulders and said, If they don't care, I guess I don't either, recalled Worth. Disney gave him the lead stylist job on the Little Mermaid TV show around that time, so I guess they they were happy with it? <laughs> Dias, whose animation career uh, shit, uh, dates back to the 1960s with TV shows like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, and Alvin the Chipmunks did become the art director for the Little Mermaid TV show in '92. His castle would be featured in promotional materials and posters during the movie's theatrical release. It was used, too, in the home video cover until about a year later in 1990 when complaints about it about the tower. Dias' uh, original artwork ceased to be printed on VHS tapes and was replaced with a more child-friendly version. Dias passed away in 2013 at 76. According to Woodman, in a comment on his post, he was too afraid to take credit while he was alive. Uh, that's just fantastic. That, that, I mean, that was... <laughs> I wonder if he was drinking. I don't know. Maybe it mentioned that in an article, and I don't recall reading it, but, you know, like, fuck, fuck you guys. I'll show you. <laughs> Uh, and then they say, oh, fuck. I didn't, like, it's not like I made a second artwork. I can't, uh, I guess I'm turning this in. Shit. All right, guys. Uh, it was, uh, it was meant to be a joke. Oh, you're cool with this. You're cool with this. Really? House of the Mouse. You're, uh, you're cool with that. Well, I mean, you guys just used to put a lot of racist shit in your movies, so I guess not the biggest controversy ever for Disney, you know. You know. Fuck, Dumbo's got, like, the racist crows and shit. And you go back further. I mean, there's, there's some shit. There's some shit in Disney movies. This is really the, the 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 least of their concerns, I'm thinking. But, man, it'd be nice to have that original copy. And go for some real cash on the, on the interwebs now. On internet.com. <laughs> uh... 
that was uh, not. The, of course, Disney had a, a other issues like that. Of course, there was the Aladdin part where I believe they're on the uh, balcony, and Jasmine uh, Aladdin says to Jasmine, he's talking to her. I don't know what the actual lines are in the movie, but if you you really have to turn the uh, the sound up to hear this, and I guess he's not actually coming from Aladdin. But uh, somebody had said, real quietly, they're like, ASMR style, like, all good little girls, take off your clothes. It's like, all good little girls, take off your clothes. If I remember, something of that nature. And you have to really turn up that sound. It's very supposed to be like, I guess, a subliminal message, which is a little fucked up to be saying that in a kid's movie. I think that's worse than putting the dick in the cover. The dick in the cover is just kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hidden in there. It took a year of it being out in the public for somebody to finally look at that closely enough to go, holy shit, that's a dick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, other than that, hey, I've got a friend, uh, Kevin. He goes by Kevin Crouton. This is what we call him in the run group. Uh, that's what he uses, I guess, as a Facebook profile. But He's uh, running Iron Man in Florida right now. He's already gone through the whole uh, swim and the biking, which it was like, what, 100-something miles for the bike ride? And it's like, uh, I think it's a three-mile swim. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure what the distances are. But he uh, he is going strong here. There's uh, He's been training for a while now. I've never done an Ironman. I don't think I ever will. <laughs> uh, but he... Uh, He's uh, on the run right now, on the run, which I believe is a 30-mile run. I forgot what the distances are on an Ironman. Uh, yeah, he uh, finished, I guess, a couple hours ago or an hour ago, the bike ride. And I'm looking for miles. I guess it's a, it's over 100 miles. I don't know if the sure the exact is. It's 100-something miles, the bike ride. He's in the middle of... Uh, 8.2 miles into the run. So he's uh he's got to be feeling it. Whew. <laughs> There's a uh, I can't imagine, man. It sucks hard enough like running a marathon. That's 26.2 miles of that's just of running. The swim I imagine would be even though it's not an obscene distance. Well, swimming is just you use so much more muscles and everything that's I want to say it's three miles and that is that's a long ways to swim but out of the gate just with that and I guess it would be bad to do that last or second really I would be would imagine people would be afraid that you're going to drown doing that last and I guess running would be the safest thing to do last because I mean biking you you know you hit by a car whatever you're going a lot faster there's a lot more Possibility of getting hurt. But, uh, man, add a marathon, a little over a marathon after doing all that. That's that's some shit, man. That's some shit to put your body through. He's going to be feeling this tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's feeling it already now. Looks like he's running. The pace they gave him for the average pace for the run was like 12-something minute miles. And he's a, he's a fast guy. When you, you know, go out over the run on from like 
five miles or so. You know, he's one of the guys in the front. He's a fast runner, so I mean, he's. I'm not sure what his like normal average pace is. I guess I would say somewhere in the seven minute, eight minute range, like per mile on like an average run, not like overly pushing it. But uh, <laughs> holy hell, was uh, I know he's been wanting to do this a long time, so it'll it'll be a. It'd be good to see some uh, pics of him out there. I'd still not. That is definitely not something I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to do that. No, no. Well, for one, I'd have to swim. I'd have to find somewhere I could swim. So that means I'd have to get, like, a membership to the Y or something, and, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I'm not going to jump in the river and start swimming in the river and practice for uh, Iron Man. And uh, I really don't want to ride, honestly, I don't want to ride a bike that long. I'd be more interested in doing an ultra marathon, do something like a, uh, I'd cons- I've considered doing 100-mile races, but uh, even that, I I really don't think I have enough time to train for something like that. That's that's some fucking commitment. That's commitment. And, uh, and yeah. Uh, other than that, um, oh, man, I'm, I am really excited. I did not realize... There's a, another season that just got put up on Netflix. I didn't realize until it was out. I popped a, a Netflix on the other day and saw that there's a third season to Narcos Mexico. <laughs> like the and uh, I was like, holy shit, this is such a good show. I'm like, uh, it's fucking great. I mean, there's no Pedro Pascal anymore. Like he was just in the regular Narcos when it was Colombia and uh, Pablo Escobar. But uh, you do get a, a little bit of a glimpse of Diego Luna in the first episode of uh, Narcos Mexico. But, uh, I mean, I love me some Diego Luna. I'll be getting more of him eventually, though. I believe, I guess this is next year when uh, his Star Wars show is supposed to be coming out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's only an episode in, and it's like, it's, it's still Narcos. Still some good shit in there. Armando, I I guess. Armado, I guess is the guy's name. I guess he's going to be the new boss for this season. Uh, I th- I th- When I saw it, I was like, oh shit, are we finally going to see the rise of El Chapo. Which I guess El Chapo is still pretty young in like the second season of Narcos Mexico. So I don't, I don't know how old El Chapo was when he got the reins over the whole thing but that guy was apparently just horribly ruthless I mean there's just so many stories I guess of drug cartels that they could have this Narcos series on forever go through different ones you know and uh, I'm sure now that El Chapo's in prison and it doesn't appear that he's got any shot of getting out that there's other you know cartel guys stepping up and doing horrible shit and we could keep this nar- if you know if there's any positive light in the drug the war on drugs it's the fact that we've got this great show called narcos <laughs> and it'll keep going <laughs> as long as that dr- war on drugs continues but uh you know perhaps they could think of a better way to fight it cuz clearly clearly what they've done has not has not worked so, uh, so yeah, on that note, <laughs> I think I'm good here. 
And as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.